0: I'm so glad you've taken time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, which is all about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money all through every single day. Now, remember what I just said. This show is about your empowerment with knowledge. So the key is that I do a good job answering your questions and providing advice and information and that's what you expect from me but when I don't meet your standards I need to know and that's why we have Clark Stinks on clark.com so where you can go post where you feel I've given bad information um, incomplete information I'm just wrong whatever it is this really helps me hear from you read what you have to say and it makes me think through the advice I give and how I answer questions to to you or from you so what we do is each week Krista our producer goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares her favorites with you right here on the air
1: I should have never encouraged you
2: to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You
3: should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong.
2: Maybe you're right, pal.
3: Clark, a recent call reminded me of how you leave out one important piece of advice when you were discussing saving on prescription drugs. Many people now have high deductible health plans that require the insured to pay the full cost of medicine until the deductible is reached. It is important to remind these people that they still need to run their prescriptions through their insurance for two reasons. One, it allows the prescription to be counted against their deductible. Two, insurance companies may have negotiated pricing on drugs that the insured gets to take advantage of, even if the out-of-pocket cost is 100% of the negotiated price." Please be sure to remind your listeners that they should always present their insurance card along with any other discounts to ensure they get the best price. Doug in Orlando, Florida.
0: Doug, I appreciate that post because that is the flip side of the coin of what I've talked about, about how you want to comparison shop the cost using your insurance versus the cost of just being a private pay for a medicine, which many times it'll be cheaper as private pay than using your insurance.
3: Hi, Clark. I respectfully have to take issue with your all-out giddiness over the impending ubiquity of self-driving cars. Self-driving cars are a prelude to limiting our mobility, not increasing the same. The freedom one enjoys to be able to drive when and where they want, in the vehicle of their choice and in a self-directed manner, has been critical to what we think of as liberty. The privacy, control, and tracking implications of self-driving vehicles are manifold. Self-driving vehicles will of course mandate vehicle to vehicle communication. So I have to relinquish I have to relinquish what sliver of privacy I have left because people cannot help themselves from looking at their smartphones. These vehicles will tax and track, period. I'm sorry but I cannot share your enthusiasm for this Orwellian and dystopian future.
0: So I don't see the 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 story the way you see it and I'll tell you, the advantages are so many. And one of them is that many people who don't need much use of a vehicle won't have to buy one anymore and will be able to rely on an autonomous transportation service to get where they're going. Think Uber or Lyft without a driver. Most of the cost is for the driver. And when you're able to have personal transportation that way, it is something that will eliminate a big chunk of expense in your life. You know, the average vehicle sits unused typically 95 to 97% of the time, and that's a very inefficient use of money.
3: Clark Howard, what are you like? We just heard you telling Joel to encourage his young daughters to enjoy beers with him. While I and every other sane person who listens to you understand this was just a joke, you're going to get hate mail from the loonies. You stink for not realizing anyone would actually take this seriously and try to cause you grief over it. Just kidding, of course. The bigger message of that segment was not lost.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And, Joel, I, I'm really sorry that you literally took that advice from me and started feeding uh, your kids beer. Not true. I promise. Okay. Root beer? Root beer? Not even that yet, man. We'll rot their teeth out. Uh,
3: Clark, Clark cautioned a pitfall of sharing of an Amazon account with a friend. He said you'd need to trust them so they don't order goods on your credit card. Amazon has a security check. The first time you order goods to a new address with a stored credit card number, they make you type in the full number again. Makes sense if you think about it.
0: Appreciate that. Now, the thing is, once an address is in there, though, if it is one of the trusted addresses in your Amazon profile, then that individual who uh, maybe has been a friend and then suddenly isn't like uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, something like that, well, suddenly they can go to town shopping on your Amazon account, charging it to you.
3: You stated that, that- was
0: too negative, wasn't
3: it, of me? It happens. I guess it's true. You stated that Republic Wireless with a data cap of one gig per month was good for most single people. With streaming audio and video being a common use for today's users, large email attachments, frequently downloading app updates, downloading podcasts, and travel to areas with weak signal being the norm for the 30 people I surveyed around my office, I think three to four gigs a month is the norm. Some people watch TV and download multi-gigabyte sized games on their phones, but there were only a few of those in my survey. I fall in the le- greater than four gig category because I download many podcasts and Lynda.com video courses onto my phone. But that seems to be the norm in my circle. What do you base your statement on? Throwing out numbers without citing your sources really stinks.
0: Thank you. Uh, I appreciate your perspective on that, and I think that's great. You surveyed more than two dozen people about it. So the idea of Project Phi and Republic Wireless, which are the two companies that pioneered the idea of you using Wi-Fi that you trust for most of what you do, has surprisingly led people, even those that stream enormous content, to use a lot less cellular data than they might suspect. Now, in the case of Republic Wireless with the one gig, there are, there's a large segment of people who have smartphones that use minimal data per month. Now that is different than others that use enormous data per month like producer Kim. But so many of us are you still using like a zillion gigs a month Kim? I do watch a lot of TV on my phone. And you're watching it over the cellular network instead of over Wi-Fi. Correct. Yeah. So for someone who does that our, our post here is 100% right. You have to know your usage patterns to see if Project Fi or Republic Wireless, with the uh, low amount of data that you get and a very low price plan, if that would work for you. But if it does, what a money saving it represents.
3: Hi, Clark. Dangerous suggestion. I listened to your podcast about the new job application. You thought it's a good idea to give only the first five digits of the social security number and the last four enter as zero, zero, zero. Oh, no, no. We are constantly asked to give the last four digits already. Giving the first five will complete the whole social security number. You are suggesting to give out the missing piece to the criminals. No, no, no. Very
0: well thought out post, and this thing with the online job sites, asking for your social security number before you even know they are a legitimate employer, and if you are a legitimate employer, asking for someone's social security number on an initial online job application is reckless and careless and lays your company open to facing enormous liability if your database is cracked into by hackers which as we've seen in the past is only a matter of when not if so everybody would benefit if employers would get a brain cell and stop with this idiot idiotic practice of requiring people social security numbers at an initial job application if somebody makes it through initial screening And they've made it to a next level, and it becomes appropriate to get somebody's social security number at that
3: point, fine, but not at first pass. Okay, and this is someone who feels your Disney advice is lacking... Clark, newbie, one and a half years listener, first time stinker. You have helped me so much over the time I've listened to you. I want to give you a little help regarding the cost of going to beloved Disneyland. People can save some money by using their military ticket office if they have that status. The downside is that the military member must be with the family when they go. Second, if people have access to tickets at work via their company, not only are the tickets 5 to $10 less, but each ticket purchased gets a $25 Restaurant.com voucher. My favorite restaurant, House of Blues in downtown Disney, is on that list of restaurants. Parking is an issue, as many hotels charge a parking fee daily. Boycott those hotels and stay at a hotel that does not charge a parking fee and ride the art bus that has 19 lines in all directions, extending to Anaheim, Buena Park, and Garden Grove. Keep charging on, Clark. I've got a pen and notebook to keep notes. Thank
0: you for that. And I'm going in just a couple of days with my daughter on a college visit. We're staying at a hotel in Anaheim, right by Disney. And I got the hotel on Priceline, got an incredible deal on the hotel, and then the parking at the hotel is $15 a mm. night. I mean, I, I'm, I already have looked online to see how far I'll have to walk to the hotel in order to park for free somewhere. Wish me luck.
3: Clark, I called your Team Clark phone line for some advice and was disappointed. I had a question about 401k fees. I know all plans are different but it was a general question. I thought by calling i get expert advice and in education. Instead, I was told to go to the Clark.com webpage and research articles. I, really, I already did that and couldn't find what I was looking for. I assumed calling would get me one step closer to answers, but it was a dud. I had such high hopes about calling in and getting answers for other questions, but now I'm not so sure.
0: Thank you for that post, because that gives me an opportunity to mention again, because this has come up before, that in our off-air advice center, I don't allow our Team Clark members to answer investing questions except those of the most general nature, that they are not trained for that, they are not experts in that, and it would be playing with fire to allow them to answer specific investment questions. You know, it, i got to say something about the whole investment area I've been on the air for 31 years now, and I'd say the first 15, I didn't have any questions at all about investing, at all. And as we as Americans have become responsible for our own retirements, it's been pushed on us to try to figure this stuff out. So within the limits of what makes sense for me to do, I now give advice about how to put money in a 401k how to set up a Roth IRA and things like that I even go as far on clark.com is suggesting specific investments for you to get started investing and going much past that takes me into an area that I shouldn't tread and I can't have our off-air center folks answering questions like that because there'd be too much risk involved that you might be given advice that would not work for you and they'd be like, "Well, you know, you put me in you put me behind on saving for my goals and I just can't allow that to happen." So, our fair center team Clark free available over 40 hours each week and if you go to clark.com scroll down a little, you'll see the number and hours. The reason I have this is because I want you to be able to get your questions answered, your specific questions answered. It's just that one area that's radioactive is the investing area. So I appreciate all your posts. If there's something you want to bring to my attention or you want others to see your beef about the things I'm saying on the show, please go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks and post away or read away. Bruce is with us on The Clark Howard Show. Hello, Bruce. Good afternoon. How are you? Great. Thank you, Bruce. You want to talk about your daughter? What's her story? (laughs) I was uh, had a quick question,
1: you know, regarding uh, you know acting slash modeling classes. You know, I got a 13 year old daughter who seems to, you know, find these acting modeling places and sends me a text and say, hey, can you call this person and talk to them? And you know, I call them up and you know, I, you know they sound legit. But when I look online and Google them, you know, you see things like you know they want to charge you thousands of dollars for a headshot, you know, yeah. a couple of classes and then it goes nowhere yeah complete
0: complete that's a complete scam and i wish your 13 year old was talking to me right now because i would explain why they're why they're scams so let me tell you how let me tell you the right way yes yes thank you because the right way if she wants to pursue this doing it the right way is really great so a real modeling agency never arranges for and charges you for having um, headshots done or a card done, right? So what will happen is an agency may say, "Hey, we really like the look this photographer does, or that one. Um, especially, they're really good with teenagers. I like this one. Go, go to that person. Whatever you do is arranged with that individual photographer. Uh-huh. Now, in terms of classes, my favorite place." For your daughter to go for classes is there are an, all over the country there are theaters that offer classes in acting fundamentals yep. of acting yep. and they're very inexpensive okay. I And mean, you're usually talking about um 80 dollars 150 dollars somewhere in that range mm-hmm. to go for uh, uh there's you know there's entry-level acting classes that a theater might offer and then more yes. advanced ones they may offer. And here that would it. be the right route. Okay. But any of these things that say, you're going to be a star in the limousine in your private jet and all that, baloney, baloney, baloney. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. And follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard and when you have a question for me, go to Clark.com slash ask. And by the way, if you have a question that you want to be able to ask just whenever, over forty hours each week, you can talk with a member of our team, Team Clark. That is a free service of our show. It's been so for twenty this is our twenty-sixth year providing free off the air advice where you can talk to a member of our team. Scroll down on Clark.com a little bit, you'll see the phone number and hours available each weekday for free the, off-the-air advice. Recently, I told you about the enormous change happening with clothing, how the clothing market is being taken over by the big retailers doing their own private labels, and that that's why clothing prices are so low now is that the retailers have become more powerful than the manufacturers. A lot of manufacturers of clothing being pushed into the outlet centers where they can manage their own inventory and sell their own product and market directly to the public because the clothing market has changed so much. Well, now another market is going through an enormous change, and that is Things like that you use around your house, like cleaning products, uh, laundry detergent, towel, uh, paper towels, toilet paper, um, uh, facial tissue, anything that you use, health and beauty, are going big time private label, and it's because in these categories as well, the retailers have become far more powerful than the manufacturers and I think there was a recognition in the marketplace retailers didn't realize how powerful they were till startup brands came into the marketplace like Dollar Shave Club and demolished a company that people thought was invincible, Gillette in Blades and then Harry's came along and lots of others like that came along And it became clear that you didn't have to be an established brand. And I think about Boxed, which I've talked about Boxed before, B-O-X-E-D.com, which is an online shopping site that there's no annual fee and you get free shipping on your orders as long as I think they're $49 an order or more of goods you buy. And they sell a very large array of products for the home that are their own private label, and everybody seems happy about that who shops at Boxed. But this is not a new thing I'm telling you about private labels. It's just intensified. One of the oddest things about Costco is that, and I'm one of these people that Kirkland Signature, their private label, I look at as a superior brand name to the brand name. Amazon is doing the same thing with what they call Amazon Basics. They know they have customers that still want a brand name, but that a lot of people just want a product they can trust that'll work. And that's the idea of Amazon Basics. So when you're shopping now, Know that the power of these big retailers is so great now that my advice, try these off brand not off-brands, the store brands, and if you're happy with them, all you do going forward is you save money buying that store brand. On the other hand, if you don't like it, you can go back to buying the brand name or try somebody else's store brand. Chuck is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Chuck. Oh, good afternoon, Clark. Chuck, you want to do something that is actually very popular with millennials and with people who are retirees. What is that?
1: That is um, travel. In other words, uh, throughout the United States. Uh, but we want to sell our house and buy our motor home. And our question is, well, we're going to uh, reside in the motorhome, and what do we do for a permanent
0: address? Montana. There are specific advantages, tax-wise, that people who have no permanent address but are living in a motorhome register the motorhome in the state of Montana. And that becomes your official state of residence, and that has been uh, that's been something that has been a common practice among retirees. In fact, I bet I haven't done it, but if you use Google or whatever search engine, and you asked about, you did a search, register motorhome Montana, something like that. There would be all kinds of explanations about why the tax benefits are so much better in montana and um so that's why you want to tag it or plate it whichever it's called in the part of the country you live in chuck in the state of montana and how are you going to spend any number of months in any one place as best you can tell
1: no, um, we're just going to get in it and go. Uh, we'll probably, like, go to Utah and do the five um, state parks. That's probably going to probably take about a month, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's going to take a little while. I mean, stay down there. Stay there for a while. Just move on. Just, you know, just go to different places and um, and – uh, but now, what do we do for, like, a, uh, would you have a, a post office box?
0: Or no, how do we get- no. In fact, there are so many people doing what you're looking at doing that there are now a bunch of companies that all they do is receive your mail for you. And depending on who you use, and I would read reviews on the various services, but depending on who you use, you tend to pay typically 10 to $50 a month for someone to receive your mail for you and it depends on the service you use and how many services you want from them where you are on that fee schedule the ones that are more like 50 a month uh, not only open your mail scan it and email it to you but they also automatically do your deposits for you if you have checks come in
1: okay well we get a lot of our stuff by um, electronic mail so it's
0: um, but you but you you will get physical mail that you need somebody to receive. I mean, if you have a relative that you really trust and are close to or a really good friend that you know you could trust with 100% confidence, you could have uh, their address as your address of record for mail, for physical mail. and then they could do that same thing for you. There are, there are these free programs you can use. That they could scan the relative, pa- relevant pages of mail they think you need to see, and like as an example, I have an app on my phone called I think it's called Fast Scan. I want to look at this that is free to use, and you can scan in mail. Yeah, Fast Scan, and see so you. You open the physical mail, you scan the page you need to send, and then it just comes as an email really really easy and simple scanning with the phone okay but by the way while we're talking i did that thing i went and and searched um register motorhome montana and i got uh let's see i got one hundred and (laughs) eleven thousand results so it's a very very common thing that people do okay and uh, obviously they're doing it for the tax reasons. And I, I hope you really love your time on the road.
1: Oh, it, yeah. This is something my wife and I uh, have been talking about. And um,
0: Oh, by the way, when you get to Utah, do not overlook my favorite national park in Utah, Capitol Reef National Park. Okay. It's the most yeah. overlooked of the ones in Utah, and most people go to Bryce and Zion and maybe Arches or whatever, go to Capitol Reef. I promise you'll love it. Alex is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Alex. Hi, Clark. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you. Alex, I understand you have questions for me about retirement planning.
4: I do. And really quick, Clark, I just wanted to say it's a pleasure speaking with you today. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I recall listening back with... um, Back when I was in middle school, as a matter of fact, with my late father and uh, just riding home listening to the Clark Howard show. So I wanted to thank you for all the great advice over the years and all that you do for your listeners.
0: Well, thank you so much for saying that, and I'm sorry you've lost your dad. That's
4: all right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, Clark, so my question is uh, regarding the following. Um, As I mentioned before, yes, I have a 401k plan with my current employer, and I'm contributing currently uh, 9%. Of which, um, of that nine, I'm participating in 4% for a traditional uh, 401k, and then 5% going into a Roth, which my employer offers both, thankfully. And then they also match uh, up to 6% of my total contribution.
0: So you're and saving so, effectively 15% of your pay.
4: Uh, sorry, 9%. Well, yes, that's right. <laughs> 15, the nine and the six. Yeah. But, so that's great. Yeah. Um, So, in addition to that, I also have a profit-sharing plan from a previous employer. Back in college, it was just like a part-time job that I had. And I've had it sitting there for quite some years now, not really doing a whole lot. And I was um, kind of thinking about maybe either taking those funds out and putting them into like a separate Roth IRA through a company I've heard you mention several times before, or maybe just putting it into my Roth and my 401k now. Or if you thought maybe we be would better to just let it, let it sit there. And, and, and
0: uh, educate me, that profit share plan, that is eligible to go into a Roth 401k or Roth IRA?
4: Well, I haven't gotten that far yet. I believe it is, but I haven't done the full research on that, and I so apologize.
0: If you talk to the company that, that uh, administers it, they'll be able to tell you what portability you have with the money, what you're allowed right. to do with it. And you'll have to let that guide you. But I want to go back a step. So I want you to do all 9% of what you're contributing into the Roth 401k. And the reason is you've got a match from your employer that 6% of that, 6% of your money in addition is automatically going in pre-tax. So right now you're in a position where you've got 10% going in pre-tax Five percent going in after tax and so i don't like that balance so i'd like you to let the employer put in their six percent match into the the traditional 401k and you put all nine of yours into the roth
4: very good clark i will definitely uh, take your advice and do that because
0: that way (laughs) you've got a pre-tax pile and a post-tax pile and i've learned over the years that when you hit retirement having the flexibility of having pre-tax money and post-tax money really comes to your advantage. Now, you know the other thing about it, if I get you to take that um, 4%, is it 4% you're putting in the traditional right now, or is it 5% you're putting in the traditional? I forget which was which.
4: Sorry, no, it's the 4% currently in the traditional.
0: All right, so if I get you, this is sneaky terrible of me, but if I get you to (laughs) switch that 4%, over to Roth as well, without you realizing it. So I'm going to confess, I will have boosted the amount effectively of your pay that you're saving. Because that right now, you're saving 4% of pre tax money, and I'm going to get you to save 4% of after tax money, which effectively increases what you're contributing by about
4: 30%. Oh, wow.
0: So instead of saving 4% of your money you're essentially paying saving the equivalent of five percent i don't know if that made sense because that money will never be taxed again right, if you right. increase your roth from five to nine and decrease the traditional from four to zero
4: no no i completely make sense i'm not <laughs> Kind of mad I didn't think of that before, but that makes a lot of sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and if you want also, with this money you have in the profit-sharing plan, depending on where it can be migrated to, um, if it can be migrated into the plan you've got right now and it's a decent uh, plan cost-wise, I would migrate it over and then you have it all in your current employer's plan. But if you can't migrate it there, doing it into your own traditional or Roth or IRA if that's permissible under the profit-sharing plan from the prior employer. That's what I'd do. But the best news of all, Alex, you're a saver, and I love that.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. And producer Joel asks it. Joel, what you got? Clark Ryan wants to know, I was wondering if you had any suggestions for credit cards that either give you cash back on everyday purchases. I'm not looking for a travel card. Thanks. I love two cards for cashback when you're not heavy into travel or restaurants or whatever. So for general cashback cards, it's a two-horse race that I'm aware of. One is from Citibank. It's the Citi double cash card. It effectively pays you 2% cashback on all purchases, 2% is a fantastic rate they have one other competitor doing the two percent fidelity investments so if you have any investment accounts doing this card with fidelity that can go into a 529 college savings plan a retirement plan or an investment account where they just cash out into those things at two percent from fidelity That one is great. So I'd say for people that are investors that want to have an account with Fidelity, go with the Fidelity Rewards Visa card, two percent cash back. If you're not interested in that, the city double cash. All right, right. Clark and Cheryl wants to know, I wanna know if taking surveys online is a good way to make some extra cash on the side. Let's see, I don't think I've ever done this with an ask Clark. Very cautious and careful with any supposed opportunity for you to do surveys online. Now, we have a guide on Clark.com, a legitimate work at home, and if memory serves me right, we have uh, one or two that are legit survey things, but they pay very, very, very little money because that's not an area that's going to be lucrative. So just be aware, be wary, and anything you see that promises you big money from doing surveys, know the only people making big money are the con artists trying to get you to pay them money to do the surveys online that they're conning you out of your money for. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free, nine hours a day. If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center and you can get that free off-the-air advice.